not beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak with my friend Steve. I met Steve a few years ago and liked him. But we did not see each other enough to form any form of connection. He seemed like a nice guy, but there was a very business-like intensity about him. A few months ago, I spoke to my friend Maribel. He is the doer of things of episode 67 of Meet Me in the Field. And he also hosts his own podcast called Talking Orangutans. You can find that by going onto YouTube and just typing in Talking Orangutans podcast. And we spoke about his yogi friend, Steve. It took us a while to figure out that I know Steve and that it is the same Swiss Steve. Marva told me about Steve's amazing transformation and suggested that I invite Steve as a guest on Meet Me in the Field. I did, but Steve hesitated and initially turned the invitation down. A few days later, though, he called and told me that he was advised to come onto this show. I'm very grateful. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Steve's transformation story. Sit back and enjoy. Good morning, Steve. <laughs> I first had to check where are we? Are we afternoon or morning? How are you doing? I'm doing good and doing great at the moment. That's say. good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Thank you for coming through to Somerset West to talk to Meet Me in the Field. We really appreciate it, me and my five listeners. <laughs> we are eternally grateful. Now, I think I actually don't have no idea how many regular visitors I've had or listeners I have, I've had, but it was over 200 a while ago. So we've had over 10,000 downloads. So. Yeah. So not too bad. That's really good. Yeah. So I really appreciate it. On this, you work for yourself now. Yeah, I'm reinventing myself. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And your reinvention was from somebody who was into, in, in marketing, am I correct? I, yes. I think I, I, I cyber-stalked you a while ago. So it was in marketing. Now, what are we working towards now? Yeah, look, um, yes, it was... It was in marketing, that was my, my career path, and um, it came to an end three years ago, where I was not quite sure if I would go back there at the time. Life and life challenges opened up new, new doors, new, new way of seeing my future. And, and, and the direction I'm going now is, is coaching. Cool. It's organic coaching. It's not. I'm not a therapist, uh, not yet. But uh, from personal experience, from a yoga teacher as well. So it's it's from 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 passionate experience as well. Because when I do stuff, I really like to go deep. And uh, and yeah, the direction I'm going is helping people who are stuck. Okay. Cool. I would say. The yoga teacher, that's something new. How long have you been? It's, it's not really new. Um, I've been teaching for a um, year and a half. Okay. 
Um, and I've been practicing yoga for since 2011. Okay. So 2011, it became like a crutch, uh, like a, a, a healthy coping mechanism. Okay. When I was working at, as, as marketing director. And it definitely made a difference at the time. Okay. But it didn't fix uh, any issue at the time. And okay. then, and then uh, three years ago, I decided, mm, a bit less than three years ago, I decided to, to gift myself uh, teacher training. Awesome. For me. And it became like way more than that. Awesome. Now it's a well, lifestyle. Well, I'm attending one of your retreats, or what shall we call it? Workshops. Workshop, yeah. Workshops on Sunday. What can I expect? Because I'm not a big yoga person. <laughs> I do yoga for an hour once a week at the gym. Mm -hmm. And that's a very slow, stretchy yoga. So it's nothing intense at all. So um, I must be honest, I'm a bit nervous. No, don't, don't, don't be nervous. <laughs> it's not... Uh, it's it's not really going to be uh, the type of yoga that you maybe usually see, which is more embodied yoga, which is more towards stretching and strength, strengthening core muscle. This type of yoga that I'm using for recovery purpose is uh, is based on um, it's very ancient yoga. It's uh, it's called Kundalini yoga, okay. and we work way more with energies. We work on the glandular system. Yeah. We work on the nervous system. Cool. And um, yeah, and it, 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 it radically transformed definitely my, my life. Or definitely it helped me to do the next right thing. Cool. To transform my life. Awesome. So let's see. And I see there's mindfulness involved as well, which is exciting because... Um, it's so weird. I mean, I've been in recovery for over nine years and part of recovery practice is mindfulness practice for me, kind of be present in the moment. But I flip, I struggle. I'm very clumsy. And part of the clumsiness is because I'm not present. I'm not concentrating on what I'm doing. And when I'm cooking, sometimes my husband actually stops me in the kitchen and says to me, just stop, you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> and he always says, he can't understand that, that I kind of help teach people to connect and to be mindful and this is how I am <laughs> mm, mm, but a, a hairdresser's hair always looks the worst so um, <laughs> you are Swiss I'm Swiss and how old were you when you came to South Africa how old were I at the first time it was in 2011 okay so was that for a holiday or no I came I came for business so okay. the company I was working for at the time offered me a job opportunity uh, first in Istanbul which I didn't felt so excited about it so and then the, the second option was South Africa okay Cape Town not Johannesburg I was uh, I was scared about Johannesburg <laughs> I don't blame you <laughs> I was really scared it was not nothing about Johannesburg but I was scared um, so I was glad Cape Town so I came and after a year and uh, and a couple of months, I resigned. I couldn't make sense why I had that great job opportunity. I was living in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And I was not happy. Okay. I couldn't connect. Couldn't connect with nature. And I was just working. Okay. I, was, I, was, I was really operating in, in NAM mode. In what like type of industry were you in? Energy drink. Okay. So, do not name the brand. Yeah. 
Yeah, quite a fast-moving industry. Very fun. What's going on? But if uh, someone is not really grounded and don't feel safe in the world, uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Growing up in Europe, did you grow up with a sense of religion, spirituality? It's a bit weird because on the side of my father, I know, I know he believed in something bigger than himself, but he kind of wasn't connecting with church. Okay. While my mother would kind of force us, me and my brother, to go to church on Sunday, my only motivation to go to church was to check the chicks. <laughs> I was really happy to go to church if they were a beautiful woman. I felt very bored otherwise. Mm. That's so, and, and obviously at the age of 14, when I got my driving license, discovered booze, I stopped going to church. Okay. All together. So it's, it's a yes and no, kind of, yeah. So you went to church, but it didn't, it didn't resonate with you? The, the religion thing did not resonate at all? Not at all. I, my mind, I'm very analytic. I'm very, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a mindset of, of, of fight or flight. Yeah. Hyper, hyper vigilance okay. is my thing. And I would be super critical toward priests okay. and what they would say, and and because I need, I like stories, but I, I need a bit of foundation. Okay. And and it didn't work for me. Definitely not the Catholic mm. style. Okay, so I grew Catholic, up Catholic yes. uh, area, very much um, secret, secretive. So it's, it's not to be judgmental, but that's part of the culture. The Swiss culture is don't speak about what's going on at home. Yes. So our son is uh, injecting heroin every night, but no one need to know. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and that's, that's, that's sad. My feeling was also kind of... The feeling I got was the proclamation was love, support, unconditional understanding and those type, type of thing. But what I experienced was judgment. And I felt very not at home because of that. So what, what was supposed to be kind of a, a spiritual home was everything but that. So it didn't resonate with, with me as well. So now you arrive in South Africa and you feel disconnected. Am I correct? That that's the feeling you had. You just felt disconnected. Well, before South Africa, I was, I was working in Paris for a couple of years. And I had the same feelings, but it was a known playground. It was, it was easier. It was a busy city. I could, I could, I could dissociate easily. Okay. I, could, I could go to the bar and pubs and meet people. And I lived in downtown... Paris, so it was, so I was already dissociated and already feeling very lonely, okay. but I made like, I made the, I wouldn't say the effort, but I forced myself to, yes. to get busy, to be busy. And okay. While here, at three o'clock on Friday, everyone is home. <laughs> if you're not invited to a bloody bride, then you're screwed. Yeah. And that was yeah. my life. You've got a long, long, quiet weekend ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Did you find Cape Town difficult to make friends and to get into a circle of, of, of people? It depends how you define friends. 
in the industry where I was, it was very easy to have acquaintances and okay. buddies and party party friends. Yes. Um, they were always up to do stuff. But it wasn't the type of friends. I've never been good at small talk from very small. Okay. I hate small talk. I feel inadequate and awkward. I go relatively quickly deep and it can make people feel uncomfortable. Okay. And uh, and yes, to the short answer is it was it was very difficult. Okay. So you felt lonely. I felt flipping lonely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you met your 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 wife in Cape Town. I did. Okay, in South Africa. I did. Ooh. Yeah. English South African girl or Afrikaans? Bit of both. Okay. Oh, cool. One side. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, from Pretoria. From Pretoria. Oh, cool. At my old stomping ground, I grew up in Johannesburg and then moved to Pretoria. And from Pretoria, I came to, to Cape Town. Mm. So, you said in 2011 you resigned your job. Or was that 2013? 2011, uh, I resigned twice. I resigned two jobs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first one, the first one I resigned. The first one I resigned because I didn't know at the time, but I was burned out. Okay. I felt miserable. I just wanted to do that big business plan presentation get over that ego thinks and and then put my resignation and take time to travel the world that okay. was my idea and and just take a break it was not to work on myself okay and as soon as i did that okay. i moved from green market square mid cbd to free Oak. okay that's how far i got <laughs> <laughs> For the people who don't know, that is not far at all. <laughs> That's about three kilometers. <laughs> so, so you're traveling the world was 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 really a, a kind of a, 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 a mini a, a mini 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 move. <laughs> it was indeed. So then you you met your wife and you didn't go and travel and you accepted another job. I I call them mini retirement. <laughs> So I decided that I've worked my ass off for 15 years and really hard and okay. I've been through tough time that I was gifting myself like a break uh, as long as I could afford. That okay. was the, that was the, the say. Okay. Obviously after six months, it was around June, July, I was bored. Um, I did my photography course. I did my paragliding in- introduction. I did my art of living course. I did my, my yoga every day. Awesome! It sounds it sounds fabulous. It was fabulous, <laughs> but I got bored because okay. I had no like I had no uh, structure, goal, no, okay. no um, purpose. Okay, it was like short-lived purpose. And uh, yeah, I wanted to be a helicopter pilot at the point. <laughs> what a freaking idea! So I checked everything. <laughs> and I was looking at the yeah. Port Alfred to become helicopter pilot. Uh, anyway, and then and then I uh, got got pulled again into the same industry because of my background. So I just activated my network, and they were very helpful. Okay. So I got a few interview, very interesting position, but a lot of pressure, uh, international level. So different. One was in Barcelona, the other was in Switzerland, and. I looked for the I looked for more like comfortable where I can really uh, utilize my skills, but small teams like four people, okay, cute yeah. little brand in Switzerland, and I took that job, and that was beginning of twenty thirteen. I worked there for four years. So you packed up your wife and you went. 
<clears throat> back to first myself, it was a bit back and forth things. Uh, we had to get married. Here we didn't need to get married. It was like um, I was I was struggling with um, commitment. Okay. I struggled with commitment. <laughs> I was. I struggled with commitment. And yeah, um, here we could be in life partnership agreement. So as you may know, which is very cool. And in Switzerland, not possible. Okay. So we needed to get married. So it was because of that. Back and forth. She joined. We actually had a good time. Okay. What I didn't realize at the time is I was, at, at the time, after the first sabbatical, the first mini retirement, I saw there is a few stuff I need to change in my life. And I was busy doing that by myself. Okay. And was this kind of a start of a spiritual journey or was this just self-discovery? Self-discovery. Self it was nothing spiritual. Okay. I was, I was, when I met my wife, she saw me, we had like a, a blackboard at home where we write our... Um, little notes on it and I was ticking the number of days that I could abstain from porn okay and I promise you it was it was funny it was hilarious and she was like oh that's that's a cool idea it was like fuck I don't make it I don't make like I don't know I made seven days or okay white knuckling through and I was like something is wrong there and uh, and it was nothing spiritual with that it was okay. it was also not the reason was just I felt I watched too much porn that one in the radius. Okay. I didn't know it. <laughs> At first. <laughs> so, off to Switzerland you go. Mm -hmm. And what happens next? So, off to Switzerland I go... Is I, your family still in Switzerland? They are. Okay. My brother, my parents, my, my extended family, they're all there. I'm the... How do you call it in English? Prodig child. Okay, uh, the, the, the one the that one leaves. The one who goes yeah. and maybe come yeah. back. At times, so I came back. I remember I had 780 Swiss francs on my account. I had the job, but I I was also in the mindset where even though I apply in in uh, June and they would have hired me for September, I say no, not before January. Okay. I learned to put boundaries. Okay. That was one thing I learned. And yeah, I came home broke. Went to my dad, asked him for a little loan to buy a little run-around car. Laugh at me, say, son, you're 40. It's time to get your <laughs> shit together. I was like, I gave that money back in three months. <laughs> so it took me six months. So, yeah, and then it was like, it was four years of introspection. Okay. I, start, I started really looking at how do I live my life? Started reducing to drink. Only... Three drinks. I started to... I was judgmental about people who were drunk. Okay. I became judgmental. Even though I'm coming for an industry where we were like partying like hell. Yes, yeah. I, I started to become a bit judgmental. So I was like, okay, then remove yourself. I started to put some stuff in place to keep safe from certain behavior I didn't like about okay. myself. <clears throat> and... Uh, this is not all self-driven. That's all self-driven. Okay, cool. That's all self-driven. That's, that's just... I want to be a better human being. I want to. I want to become a good dad if I'm a dad one day. That was a bit my 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 mojo. Cool, but nothing worked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what happened after four years? I also said from the beginning to my boss that I'm just coming for a year and a half. 
and then I want to move on and do something else. But the job was fun, and my 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 res my research on myself, I started to see pattern in my life, which I really didn't like. Okay. And um, it was around intimacy. It was around the way I interact with the feminine. Okay. I was realizing that I'm really needing affirmation, that I'm needing touch, physical touch, and that there is a deficit. There. Well, I didn't know it was a deficit at the time, but it was inappropriate. Okay. And I tried to, to manage that the best possible way. And the best possible way was for me, for example, and that's... My wife knows about it, so it's, I'm not hiding, but it, for example, I had, had friends that I met before her, and these friends became a, a booty call and affair. Okay. And I would justify by saying, all men have something on the side going on. Mm. And it Very Parisian. <laughs> a, a real Parisian. So... <laughs> I must say I'm also coming from a very damaged previous marriage okay. where I was living with absolute no integrity, but it was agreed with my ex-wife okay. that it's fine. Okay, Men cool. can do that. And that fucked me up quite a bit. Uh, us up. Uh, it was a lot of, lot of pain yes. attached to that lifestyle. So I think... I think if I look back, that makes sense. It's like a progression yes. or a regression. And then after those four years, I was to a point where I searched for help, for that early attachment disorder or that, that way of acting out, that way of, of self-suiting, being with porn, being with affirmation for women, being with sometimes yeah. as far as cheating. And I found help in South Africa. Okay. So I did disclose to my wife that the thing was still like a little bit running in the background. A bit. Obviously with the shame and the guilt. Um, very clumsy the way I told her. But I told her half of the truth. And she gave me an ultimatum. She's like, I know it's, um, it can be fixed. Uh, it can be seen almost as an addiction. Or... So if you do the work, I stay. So I looked for help. Okay. I was going to a close group, men's group in Switzerland, but that's two and a half hour away from my company. Oh, wow. It was a pain. And the therapy that I found was like from the old Time. Okay. Very, very bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I came, I, I started a year of, of, of online therapy, so Skype session with a okay. therapist here. Cool. In Cape Town. And he motivated me to to do the rehab thing. Okay. To see how does it feel if your brain is clean. Yes. And I was like, I was, I was ready to... To get better awesome so i came and it's amazing how how we need to we need to stop the the, the the shit that fucks us up before we can get to how we're feeling actually 
So, and, and that's why a lot of people think rehab is such a bad thing to do. My experience of rehab was amazing. I, I, I felt, and I nearly feel the same with you, you felt lost. You, you, you felt just not who you want to be. And I went in there and I got clean and I, and I, and I came out with, with, with so much more sense of, of who I want to be. And then I knew exactly what I needed to work towards. And that was the start of a wonderful journey. And that's actually the reason why I've, I've, I've asked you and really wanted you to come and talk to me today. Because when did I get to know you? W was that in that phase where you went to rehab or when you came out of rehab? I was just out of rehab when you met me. Okay. When, we, when, when maybe the first conference, uh, it was a little bit after. That okay, was maybe cool. maybe a small yeah. year. And the change that I've seen in you from then to now, not only have you changed physically, <laughs> you, it was a, a mutual friend of ours, Marva, yes, who said to me, kind of, but do you know about Steve's journey? And I said, well, I've seen him every now and then, and he looks different and everything, but no. So he told me, kind of, and I said, oh my God, I need to talk to you about this. <laughs> so when you left rehab, what was your sense of, of, of purpose? What, what did you want to, to, to do? What did you want to achieve? Did, did you have that? Or was it just kind of no. stopping the destructive behavior? Yeah. So Riyadh for me was mixed feelings. It was, I know I have to go there, but I must say it was very traumatic. Okay. I came in with that process addiction. I had, not that I knew that I had problem with booze, not that I knew that I had problem with drugs. I never did drugs. I never did gambling, I never did, I don't have eating things. Yeah. So I'm coming there and I'm like, oh, how can I categorize that? And they're like, sex addiction. I'm like, fuck. Oh my word. So suddenly there's a label. There's oh, a label. On your forehead and that freaks exactly. the fuck out. And then I'm the guy in that rehab, 20 other clients, and I'm the sex addict. So I'm not able to sit next to another lady. Okay. I'm not a fucking pervert. I'm... <laughs> I've, I've had plenty of girlfriends and they still love me and they loved me before. Yeah. So I think that was very difficult to carry that shame around. Okay. Uh, I hided it. I put the mask. So it was difficult to be vulnerable. So I vomited out okay. and that's re-traumatizing myself, my life story, my... But saying that, it's not all... It's, it was not all dark. That's that's my experience. It was okay. traumatic. I need to uh, to address that. It's not. It was an easy journey and happy people and stuff. But what it gives me is like you know a computer, when you have virus yes. and program run and they slow down, they took all the software out, and reboot the machine. Awesome. And I get out. I was like, now I have the choice to put the software on. Yeah. Oh, I love that analogy. That's awesome. That's really, really wonderful. And, and, and for me, that's what rehab is. It doesn't fix you. Rehab it doesn't fix you. Give you, yeah. in, that's my opinion, right? Personal opinion. It gives you a, 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 glimpse, a glimpse of how it feels to have a clean yeah. metabolism uh, and, and be aligned with yes. the universe. And the difficulty for me was after. Because after it was a coaster. Okay. I mean, I mean, two months after I had my visa card back, uh, I was on my way to go to a prostitute. Uh, the, 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 the universe put enough stumbling block in front of me for me to surrender and not do it. Okay. I can tell that story because it's, 
it's insane. Drop my wife to a shopping mall. I go into the tunnel. I have my business, my uh, visa card from Switzerland. I go to a bank. The bank is not working. <laughs> go to a shopping center. I can't find a parking for my car. I park <laughs> on the pavement. I go to the bank. I withdraw the money. Because I have the cash. I have the cash. I start to drive the car. I forget to lock the door. The lock, the, it was not even clicked. Yeah. The door open and was so close to smash another car mm. that it bring me back to reality. Oh my word. My nervous system was screwed. I was in fight, flight. I don't know where I was. Yeah. It was not my cognitive brain was working. And I'm so lucky that I could go to a barbecue actually at a sober house that day okay and cry my balls off oh wonderful and put my hand on the green book i didn't know, know what it was at the time that green book so you were actually in the bubble and the door swinging open just just brought brought out of that that bubble too Amazing. much cow it it was i i could i could see i'm in a bubble but the the, 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 what life threw at me was so chaotic yeah. that I didn't do it and that's the only time I remember having been so close to a relapse oh wow so close awesome yeah so I'm not even sure why I'm sharing that sorry I'm lost we, 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 no. were, we were talking about what happened for you after after rehab were you did you feel that, that you knew what, what life was bringing for you or or did you just kind of wing it and see where life was taking you? No, I was, I was, I was holding on there. I think, I think that's where the that's where the the twelve step kept me grounded. Twelve step for me as as um, also a, a strange texture today, because on one hand, it gave me the opportunity to relook at my value and and to leave them. Yes. Brutal honesty, open-mindedness, willingness. Those, they really stick to me all the way. And they're still, still there. But there is, there is something in that where, how am I honest? Am I self-harming? Open-mindedness. I can be open-minded and go for tantric massage. That's not. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a... It's kind of a foundation who helps me just to keep to keep safe and keep yeah. they say keep coming back, you know, keep coming back to a certain reality, to keep coming back to life. Yes. Check. Ah. Life check. Yes. Go to the room, people sharing, I'm sharing, I'm honest, I hear stuff, I'm like, kill my denial. Kill my denial again. Yes. Kill my So gave me the ability to to, to, to let go on okay. slowly, but but it was it is, I'm still using that platform because I think it's powerful. So, and, and a lot of therapy. Okay. A lot of therapy. And I, I'm known to work hard. I, I work hard. I, I, I always believed I'm, I, I have no talent. So therefore I need to work harder. And that was in the job. And so I'm raising I, my hand. I agree. <laughs> I work like a crazy maniac. Everything I do. Yoga. <laughs> Same. Let, let, let's go to the yoga. So, at what stage did you decide you want to become a yoga teacher? I didn't decide that I wanted to become a yoga teacher. I decided I gift myself after that almost year of recovery, a teacher training. Okay. 
and it was on a self-healing it was a self-healing purpose because again that that yoga is a kundalini yoga is a self-healing technique yeah so and then i realized how much i love it how much i connect and i got pushed from um, the yoga studio to to teach oh cool and i taught i taught in the prison i taught in uh yeah in um difficult areas yoga in the prison yes how was that received it just it sounds contradictory because <laughs> the last place i would receive yoga to happen will be in a prison yeah i think i think my there's you know prisons are full of people who have done bad thing but in another context they may wouldn't have yeah and and the reality of their life what i've take on is they are very much in hyper arousal very much looking on the back very much they never they never slow down never chill yeah. they are hyper vigilant mm. yes. all the time so bringing uh, embodied practice in the prison and some breathing exercise to ground them to allow them for once to let go you know you know how difficult it is for them to lie on their back and turn the palm of the hand facing up and close their eyes they can't because it makes them so vulnerable they're Or so vulnerable the ultimate invulnerability many of the, those guys I, i i suggest them to close their eyes when they do movement they don't they need to be always connected and on their guard mm. they have the hand on the floor when they lie on the back to push themselves up yeah. quickly if something gets, goes wrong nothing can go wrong it's in the it's in the room where i lock the door yeah. and it's me well nothing can go wrong that's what i believed <laughs> south african prison <laughs> can't go wrong so how many people did you have on average mm. at, at, at a yoga session well my my place is my prison was manbury Okay. Um it wasn't uh Paul Small for the for the people who knows uh, Cape Town prison. So it was small classes. Okay. I would say an average maybe six, eight people okay. up to twelve. But saying that in, in Paul Small they have big class. Okay, is it? Okay, cool. Like really big class. So I think it does a it does a benefit. Um How did the prison work happen? I was looking to give back, to do some service. On one hand, to get out of my head, and on the other hand, just to just give back. And I looked around what is possible with yoga, and it come to my it come to me like there is like a introduction day yoga prison. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. And then I tag along with the founder a few times and see if I can hold the space. And then I, I went. They struggle to find the struggle. There's not that. It's not that many yoga teacher male, yeah, female. No, absolutely. So I think that's also something which. Cool. Yeah. Really, really interesting. And your your journey in life now is <clears throat> yoga, meditation, and you also started a company. A motorcycle tour company. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let, let, let's start <laughs> with that. How did that happen? And yeah. And are you enjoying that? How's that going? Yeah. That's. Look, I I I've been a motorbike. I've been on motorbike since I'm very young, and it's been 
one of my dream when I was in my 20s was to ride uh, Morocco, so okay. North Africa. And I was, also, I was always very, very scared to do it, I must say. And coming down in Cape Town and seeing the landscape, I was like, ah, it should be magnificent to be able to ride those open space, yeah. those gravel road and Karoo and semi-desert, mm. desertic areas, a lot of scenic routes. And I brought down my motorbike from Switzerland, which wasn't a gravel road motorbike. Okay. And with a chat with a friend of mine, we just play with the idea of guiding tours for tourists. Mm. And I was like, I'm game. And one day we decided to start the business together and it became my passion project. Cool. So it's one of those, it's not a business idea because, because I don't make really money with it. But it's a nice way for me to do something which I love and share. I did my guiding yeah. tour. Um, my, yeah, I'm a registered guide and blah, blah, blah. Oh, cool. So that's did the registered guide also happen now in recovery? Yes. Okay, cool. So that's yes. another, another gift for, your, for yourself. That's another gift for myself. It's, it's a mixed gift. It's a, it's a mixed thing. It's because I, I say I work hard and... Uh, Sometimes my self-confidence is not that great, so I, I, I back up with courses. <laughs> <laughs> get, get the paper on the wall to, to convince yourself that, that you're okay. Yeah, just, yeah that's, that's, that's a bit that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went through the same at some stage. I was also sitting here thinking that I want to do something, and I thought, well, maybe I have to do a course in it first. And I thought to myself, you know, another piece of paper on that wall is not going to make you more equipped to do what you're doing for a living. And that was such a huge thing to realize that don't do it. Richard Branson that says, if you get offered a job for something that, that, that you can't do, say yes anyway and teach yourself how to do it. Yeah, and that's exactly what, what, what I did there. In, in that I can't remember what it was, but I, my choice was it's just going to become another piece of paper on the wall and that's bullshit. I can do it if I put my mind to it. And I put my mind to it, and I, and I, I, well, I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I obviously do it now because I, I haven't thought about studying that. And you do meditation as well. Yeah. Just to that point, I, I have a slightly different experience with, at the moment, with studying, which is completely new for me. Let's say in the past, I would be marketing director, blah, blah. I like, okay, I need a social media course. I go, I do the social media course. Do I enjoy the course? No. Do I need it? Maybe. Why? To understand if my social media specialist isn't bullshitting me around or not. Okay. That would be my approach. Yes. So it's quite painful. Now, I'm like, okay, meditation or coaching. And then stuff come to me. I don't look for them. Okay. Like, I, I, I start a, a course with Gabor Maté, Dr. Gabor Maté in, in April called Compassionate Inquiries. He's in Canada. He's Canada. in uh, Vancouver. Okay. And um, that's really came to me. It's like I did, I did a training called Beyond Addiction, which combined yoga and holding the space. That you did in Switzerland. That I did in South Africa. Okay. But you also went to Switzerland for training, didn't you? Or did I misunderstand or misread? 
well, my memory is stuffed. So, um, no, actually, yesterday I watched a YouTube video of Marissa Pierce, who says you should never tell yourself your memory is stuffed. Is um, I have an mm. excellent memory. I just mm. forgot that piece of detail. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like exactly. That. Yeah, I like that. because the more I tell myself my memory is stuffed, the more I'm not going to remember stuff. So I, I, I have a good memory. I just forgot that piece of detail. Nice, so, nice catch. Are you still busy with that course? Or is that finished? I'm starting in I'm April. Starting in April. Oh, it's cool. New. I did. I did Beyond Addiction when he is part of the the people who intervene. So part of the course Beyond Addiction is watching his his, uh, his videos. Okay, cool. Where I interview people, it's very very powerful. His job is very powerful. Okay. And he believe, yeah, he believed in in the same belief system that I have, which is like it's all about the pain. So it's not about the addiction. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do to self soothe to self medicate. It's all about the pain. Exactly. So if you don't want to look at the pain, they're not gonna get healed. Yes. If, if one can get completely healed, that's yes. the other question. But if I don't look at my pain or if I don't develop safe techniques and spaces and network and people to help me to hold my pain, then, yeah. then it's difficult to I let go on, on, yeah. on, 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 on the subtlety of the self uh, medicating strategies because yes. they move around. I start with porn and then it can be Facebook and then suddenly like exactly, I'm yeah. obsessing on core. <laughs> I'm drafting Excel list <laughs> every word. day to see which the pricing and blah blah. And my wife catch me and say, "Are you a bit obsessive at the moment?" I'm like, "Yeah, maybe." Yes, for me, that that concept of healing in my practice. I believe I won't be able to heal the person from, 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 from whatever, especially when it comes to, to addiction. If I can get the person to love themselves enough to stop making unhealthy decisions for themselves, to stop wanting to harm themselves, then I've done the healing. The healing is from not loving myself to loving myself. That's the healing process. But if you buy into the, the theory of addiction being a, a disease, then I, which I buy into, then I believe that we can't heal. We, we, we can manage on a very, very, very effective basis, on a daily basis, by doing X amount of stuff. So today, let's wrap up with, with, with this before we run out of power. <laughs> oh God, you've got an interesting South Africa at the moment, don't we? Because we are actually in a load shedding phase and I'm, I'm recording this on the laptop which was charged. So I'm afraid he's going to just suddenly say, I'm now out of power. It looks as if we've still got enough, but I, I don't trust this thing. It's quite old. So I'm afraid he's just going to suddenly say, down. What are you believing today in terms of spirituality? Because you seem to, 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 to be involved in a lot of modalities. Is, is there a belief system attached to, to any of the modalities that, that you're involved in? I think for me, spirituality is, um, first, it's very intimate. It's very personal. Yeah. So I cannot talk about God. There is no words. So if it's I start talking about, well. if I still start talking about whatever, higher power, God, the universe, the creation, infinite uh, presence, too many words, too many definitions. So I just believe that we are nothing, <laughs> that we are very little, <laughs> and that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. 
cool. And that something outside of ourselves, a big creation, can help us to make good decisions awesome. and to grow cool. in the right direction. And I try to tap into that energetic field and into my own intuition. So try to align my wisdom, yes. my divine teacher, which is within. Yes. That's not high power, it's not outside. With the signal that I get outside of me, is it uh, the, the signal that I get in my body? I know okay. if I do right or wrong. I yes. know it. We know it. God, if I tell a lie, I feel sick. I feel physically sick. I want, I want to throw up. It's as if there's, as, as if I've swallowed a cancer. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. really weird. Mm. It's the weirdest concept. Mm. So, what is meditation for you? Meditation is the ability for me to come back home quickly. Okay. Stop the chatting in the mind. Feel that warmy, fuzzy feeling around me. Ground myself. Feel safe. Rewire my neural pathway. Clean the garbage that I have in my subconscious. Okay. Work with mantras to reactivate my energy center, my chakras. Have something, an anchor. Like, like a singing a mantra is for me an easy anchor. Yes. To have it, to not let my mind run the show. Because if my mind runs the show, <laughs> it's more difficult for me to live. Yeah. If, so it's, it's like it's, it's taking breaks. It's creating space. It's just having more like space inside and outside me to be able to reconnect with life after in a healthier manner and more heart to heart, less just in my mind. That's, that's where meditation helps me. And that's stress as well, obviously. You what as well? Manage stress as well. Okay, obviously. cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So a lot of people say that meditation is listening to God. Am I hearing you correctly? For you, it is quieting the mind, so that what, what whatever whatever's in there needs to guide you, so that you can get the guidance from inside you. Yeah, it's quieting the mind to be able to listen to the body. Cool, okay. And yeah. the feeling, the deep feeling. And yes, there is words coming up, there is images, they can be ideas. But that's that's not where I want to attach. I want to just feel, is it feeling right? If it feels okay. right, if my body says yes to something that I'm meditating on. Yes. I, I, sometimes I, I, I put intention. Cool. When someone tells me something, I say, yeah, I'll meditate on it. Yeah. I literally do it. Yes. I put that intention yeah. and maybe I get a feel for it. A feel for it. I yeah. think that's the word. It's not the thinking stuff. It's not yes. a, the thinking machine who takes the lead. It's the feeling. Yes. You know, I've, I've, I've looked at the nervous system and I, I still look more and more at the nervous system. And I, I, believe, I believe that words are so limitating. Half of our brain operates not with words. So if we look at the nervous system and uh, we know that when we are in fight and flight mode, the words, they have absolutely yeah. no impact. It's only the feelings, yes. anger, sadness, happiness. That's the only language that our sympathetic nervous system understands. Yeah. And if you look even 
the older brain, the one who is the handbrakes, the when you shut down, when literally shut down, like the depression, yeah. when the body stop. This one doesn't even understand feelings. You only understand sensation in the body. Okay. And that's where I want to go with my practice is to the sensation in the body, because I believe that. Unfortunately for addicts in recovery or addicts in non-recovery, they've tried to manage with the substance yes. their nervous system and stay in that resilience zone, in that, in that place where we can think, where we can connect, but with the help of substance. And the substance fucks us up. Exactly. All the behavior. And fuck also the nervous system even more. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a, a never-ending search yes. for finding our way through, and that was my experience when I was talking about what I did in Switzerland. Yeah. I was trying to manage my nervous system okay. with my mind. Didn't work. Yes. So get down to the feelings, feelings and sensation. Feelings is one thing that we learn also a lot in yeah. recovery, talking feelings, and also sensation, and that's where my the embodied practice for me also. comes. In. Come, yeah. Cool. Melody BT in Codependent No More mm. states it also that kind of if the addict doesn't learn to feel, then recovery is not going to happen. That the secret is in feeling. But what I'm liking is, is you're saying kind of let's take it one level deeper, one level deeper, and we're going to trust the body to give us the sensations. The body never lies. If you look at the animal kingdom, you can see what's going on. Let's take a stressful situation. A lion and an impala. The lion come on the impala. The impala ran away, he doesn't get caught. Then he stops, he looks around, calm, he shakes his body. There is, a, there is a moment there where they, the, 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 the adrenaline charge and the charge of having almost been caught mm. is released. We don't learn to do that. Yes. We learn to keep it in. That's the first thing. And the other one is if the impala get caught, he go in the oldest brain, nam, like dead. Yeah. It's not dead. But his, his, his metabolism is it's, it's just like the oldest, the, the 500 million years old brain um, was in the jellyfish. <laughs> and it's, it's that that kicked in. And that's the one which I believe it's so difficult to rewire and heal because okay. because he's, he's the boss he will always take that and that's if i'm in the bubble i'm in harm situation yeah. i talk about the, the the episode with me driving the car going yes. for a prostitute there i'm in my ancient 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 brain okay i shouldn't be there and that's early child trauma mm. that's why People believe in somatic experience. I cannot talk about experience. I'll start that therapeutic experience on me soon. Cool. So somatic uh, experience, uh, trauma healing. And because I want to go down to the, to the trauma when we cannot speak what, before we have the language. Because yeah. that's, where, that's where we get stuck and we relieve that all our life. I, I, believe, I believe in self-love. I think it's, it's where I'm at right now. This morning was the first time where I say, I'm proud of you. And I believed it. Oh, cool. Three years. Nice. Fuck. <laughs> That's quick for me, deleted nine. 
Steve, on that, I think let's end. Yeah. But thank you very, very much. And I'm very much looking forward to tomorrow to see you actually yeah. in action. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. But just before before we end, you're the second person you know, in two days who told me the story about the lion and Impala. Because <laughs> mm. mm. I was at a lovely lunch with a lot of healers yesterday. Mm. And that came up as well. Mm. And that came up in body stress release. Mm. How we... Mm, theory uh, yeah theory exactly how, yeah. How, we, how we need to do that I did one session of that because one of the people was, is, is a practitioner I did a lot of theory and, in my life and, 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 and also, powerful tool yeah what, what apparently we need to do is, is, is we need to do a lot of it I did one session and it felt uncomfortable and I, 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 I left it but I really enjoyed this and I'm looking forward to tomorrow and then when you get to the secret of the feeling then I want you back to come and share with us <laughs> I'll make two hours available for that chat <laughs> thank you Steve really appreciate it okay thank have you have a good day thank you very much it is quite amazing to hear how someone can start giving themselves good things in life and then make a complete about turn I really found inspiration from Steve and I'm truly happy for his participation with Meet Me in the Field. Check out Steve's website at recoveryzone.c. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or Freddy van Rensburg or on Twitter at at Freddy or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an I-E at the end. I want to thank Steve for his time and energy in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.